0: Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. For the last few episodes, we've had our property walk, and then we talked a little bit about spring. So this we picked episode, up some advertisers. Yeah, we picked up a sponsor, the Homestead Journal, and you can hear their advertisement at the end. We highly recommend them. What we're going to talk about in this episode is what is thriving. We've talked a little bit about that, having a small community that you can fall back on. Have, we, we have monthly workshops. We share and trade things. And and also, it's a mindset. It's not prepping or whatever else. It, it's, it's a mindset, skill-based. Um, it's
1: that place after you've taken care of all your basic needs, mm-hmm. spiritual, physical, mental, mental, right. physical. Whatever order.
0: Yeah, and it even goes so far as looking out for opportunities. Like right now we bought in incubators or I I've, I've got chickens and I've got a rooster. You brought in a rooster, yes. Yeah, so now I've I've got the rooster making me some uh better choice eggs. than a fox to guard the hen house, yes. Yeah. And he's adapting really well. So uh his name is Freddie. And so They named him. Well they named him. Oh okay. Yeah, we just picked up the name. Yeah, That's fine. I don't usually name chickens. I usually call them chicken. I, so
1: I get enough trouble about how cute my chickens are. Anyway, <laughs> I got I got real problems with the incubating I'm doing. I'm going to have to keep people from attaching. Oh, because really? if we have extra roosters, you know, yeah, exactly, become food and absolutely. I have people who go, oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute, and name them and pet them and play with them, and then right. Yeah. We're in
0: May. TSC does not have any chicks. They don't? Orsh, no. Hmm. Neither location. Orsholin doesn't have any chicks. Yeah, so, I mean, people I are looking check for the chicks. Facebook
1: page, because...
0: So, right there is an opportunity, right? So, people are looking for chicks. Can't find chicks. We have a strategy that we're doing where we're going to lay, raise land race chickens. Have wait a minute, fertilized... wait a minute, wait a minute. What? I thought land race was seeds. Yeah, I know. I would think so, too, right? But we want something that's adapted to your land. And if I raise a bunch of chicks, if there's roosters mixed in there, I don't want them cross-pollinating with their brothers and sisters, right? You don't want a serious
1: inbreeding problem?
0: No, then I would be like everybody else in corporate America. <laughs> and, <laughs> in end Big up, and,
1: and end up with turkeys that need help creating babies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got or it.
0: chickens that fall over, you know. So yeah. yeah. So what we what we do is then if I have a rooster that I'm not going to use or not going to eat, then uh we rotate them around in our group and then somebody else has a rooster and they rotate it around and then we can make sure that that we get Wait. some diversity.
1: Why don't I just get a merry go around and
0: set the rooster on there and rotate it that way? <laughs> and line the line the hands up. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, I mean, you know, you rotate it so um, you've got a rooster, mm-hmm. I've got a rooster. Right. I'm incubating eggs, you're going to incubate some eggs. Yes. I take a rooster from my group of mm-hmm. incubated eggs. Right. Because it has mixed genetics between my Belfort Finkton's, Australorps, and this rooster. Sure. And I give you one of those roosters. hmm and you give one to a friend of ours. Right. And he gives me one from his. Mm-hmm. And as long as we maintain that circular order of rooster passing, we get plenty of genetic mixing as the breed develops that works best in our land. And we select for right. the most thriving of the birds.
0: Correct. And it may be. And then
1: maybe you also set that up with two or three other people. Mm-hmm. And you have a
0: separate rotation going to bring in genetics, right? Right. Plus, we have an opportunity where we can sell some chicks to folks or trade for something else we need.
1: Yeah, if all else fails, we raise them up for 16 weeks and we Mm -hmm. give a get-together and we... Graduate them to freezer camp. Right. Right. Maybe we have some to grill for a workshop sometime. That's true.
0: And we can also grow them out until they get, you know, sixteen weeks, or until they get feathers and stuff, and then sell them because then they would be different. Because then somebody doesn't have to raise them from a chick. You can even take them and, and raise I'll them it, until yeah. you know until they're repel, pull, yeah. ready to lay, and then and then uh, and then sell them, and then somebody doesn't have to go that route. So those are all the options. There's some nice or we opportunities. We can work on teaching them and taming them really nice, so that we have
1: nice tame roosters to sell. Mm-hmm. People are always looking for a rooster that's not going to attack them, right?
0: Yeah, especially if you have kids. We've had uh, we've had a chicken before that was, I think was a Americana, and it was just a crazy thing. So, mm. uh, yeah. So, doing all these things and these plans that we have together equals thriving. We end up thriving as a community, thriving as individuals, and then we can help some other folks too.
1: Okay, so obviously this is something that's developing for us. Mm-hmm. So you weren't born this way. No, I wasn't. Take us from birth to, oh, uh, my life's not working. I need to get to surviving. And then from surviving to thriving. Walk walk
0: us through that. Sure. Well, um, yeah, raised city kid, of course. And then uh, went in the Air Force, still city kid. Went in IT, still city kid got to about 2014 I was working in downtown Kansas City and this was when the protests were happening with the with the Ferguson riots and everything else even though that was in St. Louis it was also oh, it was right. also in going in Kansas City and the and uh, the one across from Union Station was the Kansas City protest place and there were several times where they said you know you all are going to have to go home early today because there's going to be enough of a protest, test that you're not going to be able to get out of the parking lot. So one of my friends, who was a prepper, said to me, okay, thought experiment. How do we get home if we can't get out of here? What would you do? And so we started talking about prepping, and then I ended up getting a... How does prepping solve getting out of a building with a mad mob outside? If you have a, if you have a bob, you know, you have your bug out bag, then you, mm-hmm. can, uh, you can go cross country or whatever and stuff like that. Getting out of downtown Kansas City under normal circumstances isn't easy either. I mean, it would take I'm a half an hour sure, I'm to, not
1: sure I'd want to try and walk out of downtown Kansas City. I agree.
0: To a riot. I agree, too. But, you know, at least... And I say walking because we know me, option, I'm not running. Right. <laughs> and then and then having a, uh, a bug out bag made a difference on several occasions where I cut myself when I was working on the house in a remote location had to doctor myself right there or whatever else, food when you need it. Um, if some emergency comes up and you can't go home, one time we had uh, we had a chemical leak from a chemical plant near our house that I didn't even know was there, and we couldn't get back to our house, things like that. So what are you going to do in those situations? So, you know, that's the that's the prepper area. We were still living in town, lived in a townhouse, things like that. But it started opening up the the ideas of we need to be a little bit more self sufficient. My wife what, what did
1: self sufficient mean to you at that point?
0: Basically, what could you could you live if you lost your job? How long would you be able to be resilient or whatever else and things like that? And you know, being a, a most IT right now is contract, so. You know, if, if, you're, if you're working as a contractor, you're constantly worrying about if you get rolled off. And then it, it could be, it averages two months before you could find another job, right? So that was a very real, real thing. Um, we wanted to uh, grow our own food. So we, we moved out to the country and then immediately figured out that gardening was hard you can't <laughs> you can't learn it quickly and it's a skill that has to develop not to mention the fact as we've talked about you have to de-stress and and uh, well, detoxify it, your land if it takes 50
1: days to get a tomato right you only have 50 days to get it
0: right <laughs> yeah and if you get it wrong you don't get to try again until next year right and somebody whoever owned the place before me even though they had a garden spot laid out. It was so chemically intensive and compacted that it was real impossible to grow anything without chemicals. Lots of chemicals. So it took several years of... grow. That's what they always told me when I was And that's what they had all in the garage. Right. And the lots of chemicals. And it took a couple years to build soil and, and get it to the point where it was detoxed enough to be able to grow things. As well as those skills like, you know, so you planted a tomato and then it didn't. You forgot to water it, or you didn't weed it
1: well enough, right. or you didn't re- water it on time, or right. you were not watching the weather, and you mm-hmm. had one of those heat spikes at ninety-five degrees after seventy-degree weather, sure. and it baked the soil, and you didn't get it watered. Absolutely, yeah. Didn't or, know it was coming, so you didn't water extra in the morning, so it stayed cool, and yeah, all those yeah. easy little mistakes that
0: kill a plant. Right. So I have a Excel spreadsheet that I keep every year on what I have planted, what I harvest, you know, what the general cost of food is so I can compare things. And sometimes I track my inputs, too. Um, and I plant hundreds of things. And then there's a bunch of them that fail, especially. Uh, one wait, of the- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're still failing I'm and you're keep failing. trying. Yeah. It's like season seven. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, there's quite a bit of, uh, there's still quite a bit of failure, especially in the tree department, right? So I, I graft apple trees, and I plant apple trees, and there's a rude awakening that the stun method, the the sheer total utter neglect, doesn't work on apple trees or nut trees, unless but- you're planting them from seed. And when you read the book... Mark Shepard's oh. book then he actually says this doesn't work on grafted nursery plants you got to
1: pay attention to all them little details
0: not listen to the podcast highlights at the beginning exactly so yeah I've had a lot of failures last year. I think every single graft I made failed because a big windstorm came through or something like that and uh, so far this year it's going better so you know but learning those different things and then developing what works on your land so I had i had my own land race of uh mortgage lifter tomatoes that was doing really well and then blight came in so those did real well for a couple years and they adapted pretty well and then i got blight from something else
1: you still have some of that seed around or Uh, i think so yeah that's that's kind of land adapted right so Uh if we find one that is mildew resistant right then we'd need to cross pollinate Mm hmm sure
0: or you yeah would, or yeah or yeah and it, it probably the blight probably came in with a uh an outside plant or i brought it in with some soil or something that i got or compost who knows <clears throat> but so yeah one of the things is keep with it and just don't give up now you can't really skill building 101 yeah keep trying and don't give up So, yeah, and I was still with the the idea that I'm going to prep my way out of this stuff, you know, faced with the and what you see this all the time. So posting memes and posting other things, people feel good, but then they don't change their lives. Right. And then everything, everything on social media and even on the Telegram channels that we follow have been have been (laughs) people posting memes and you're sitting there saying, okay, so if this conspiracy theory you posted is real, then I would expect you to change your life. What do you? And then you ask, what are you doing about it? You know, are you gardening? So if there's food shortages, you just posted about food shortages. Are you gardening? What are you doing to handle that? This is where, and we should probably cover this at some point. Right. Our greatest
1: enemy is ourself. Exactly. Because posting that meme...
0: Is what steals all your intention to plant that garden. hmm And it steals other people's attention to be able to, you know, be planting that stuff and, and things like that. So, you know, one of the reasons that we started this podcast was because we were having these kind of conversations that we normally have, and uh, we just weren't hearing this. Wait, wait, wait. wait.
1: People have conversations like our podcast all the time? <laughs> we do. We do? Oh, <laughs>
0: Because we we were traveling to events or to friends' houses or whatever else, and and having these conversations, and we're like, wow, this we really wish we could hear this because everything else is pretty much the same. Everybody's saying the same stuff, or they're posting things, and then they're not really and they're not really changing. So we started having, what does community what does community really mean? Oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up if something bad happens. I'm gonna roll my gate shut and I'm gonna defend my compound. Right, and I'm gonna live off my food, you know. And uh, what do you? What's that do? calculation
1: look like when you go look at your
0: food and how long it lasts without resupply? Well, that's what's funny. So interesting anecdote. Tonight, I went to go make some meatloaf, and I needed some tomato paste. And then I went downstairs, and and I have a lot of expired tomato paste. Well, so expired is a yeah. So then I had to figure out if it's expired too much by figuring out whether, you know, opening it and sniffing it and all that other stuff. It was perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah, it was. It was fine. It's a fungible skill. If you don't practice, it's you're going to lose the skill. Ah, you you're
1: buy what you eat and rotate your pantry
0: yeah. skill atrophied. Yeah, and then also cook what you buy. Right. Instead of using it as a backup plan that you never touch, right? Because otherwise you go, hey, wait a minute, two years has gone by, and and uh, yeah, buy what you eat and eat what you buy, yeah, right. And then really buy, yeah. And we've heard this in other places, you know. So, so if you're going to store food or have a pantry, you know, are you really going to eat beans and rice in a bucket? I mean, that's nice if the whole I world wish. goes to hell. But, you know, for the most part, if you like macaroni and cheese, buy macaroni and cheese. My AIP diet will not let me eat beans and rice. Yeah. But before my AIP diet, I used to eat a lot of that. Right. Well, and you don't eat macaroni and cheese either. Right. So see, you know, having beans and rice in a bucket isn't going to do you any good. It might. If I'm starving. Sure. And I don't care that I'm going
1: to. Fall apart and sleep. Or you could feed someone else, right? Right. Or I can feed somebody else. Right. But then I have a rotation problem for sure.
0: So, yeah. So, focusing on doing stuff, developing those skills. Which skills? Because we just kind of said that
1: the prepping skill is kind of a dead end. Right. To some extent. It needs to be done. Sure. But it atrophies, but which skills are moving you to Thriver instead of
0: dependent upon the system to supply your food with an expiration date? Right. So some of the things we've done, we've talked about gardening, right? Um, foraging. We have a couple of articles on the on the website where going out and, and really paying attention to foraging. I've just foraged a bunch of nettles this last week, which you would have never thought, itchweed, Ooh. why? You know, why would you do that? And you know how how do you how do you cook each weed, and gather it without getting all itchy? And then can you really eat it? Well, you can if you steam it and you and you prep it right, or you know prepare right. So uh, yeah, I mean you know developing those kind of skills. We brewed our own vinegar, mm-hmm. and turned out much better because I hate vinegar, but I really like the vinegar that we make, right? Okay, okay. So 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 those are the skills. Sure. Take us to
1: what it's like to be arriving at thriving and then how you see those skills being an advantage as time goes along and we
0: hit the future well so if you can make your if you can make your own stuff either from foraging one of the things that we're in may right now right it used these weeks used to be called the weeks of want it was in between when your stored food ran out In the olden days, before we had supermarkets, and before you had your first crop of greens or whatever else, right? Then the average person would have to go do some foraging, either for nettles, for you know fiddleheads, for mushrooms, whatever else, and to bridge that gap, right? So those things are get over some of their repugnance and eat some possum and
1: squirrel, (laughs) possum
0: squirrel or whatever else, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, some foraging. That, that's foraging as well. A lot of people think foraging only think plants, but there's sure. Right. And, and things like that. So, you know, that can bridge the gap. I mean, being out of work is no longer a, a surprise. I mean, right, right now there's people that that are looking for employees and it's not too hard right now, but that, that will catch up and then, you know, then we'll see that again. And sometimes your biggest challenge or your biggest catastrophe or whatever else is not, is not the world going to hell. It's I lost my job or I got sick or, you know, or whatever else. And, and, uh, and things like that. And then you are the focal point for that. It's not everybody else. So, you know, having a community is important for that. Having, being able to share things and trade things among yourself as well as, uh, um, you know, having somebody to help you out, bring you some eggs or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, and and that gets it off of me, 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 me. I'm going to be me. I'm going to close up my my front gate and I'm going to defend my compound. So what is your focus? If it's not me, 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 what is your focus now? Well, it's it's bigger than me. It's also the community.
1: And in what way are you focusing on the community? I'm I'm looking to draw this out a little bit because you 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 fit, you went and forged nettles. We did this, we did that, I did this, I did this. There's still a lot of me, me, me there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there is a lot of me, me, me there still. Right. And we're still in the process. We're still moving towards thriving. We're thriving in the little stuff. Let's start So why thriving why why should people be
1: listening to the podcast? What 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 is so special about hitting this mystical thriving space, space.
0: Well, for one thing, it's 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 mentally refreshing. So you know, there's a bunch of stuff in the news today. Is it in your circle of influence or circle of control? Is I don't the, know. I didn't check. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, asking mm-hmm. the yeah. I'm asking the the response question, right? Mm-hmm. None of it's in your circle of influence and control. The politicians doing stuff far away, for the most part, you have no control over. And you know, voting ain't gonna help us out of any of this stuff. So you know, we uh, get back and focus on what you have influence on and what you have control over. And maybe you know, that's that's me, my friends, my community. Community being our small group, my garden. It's not, it's not watching memes on, uh, and one of the, and this is one of the things when we set up the podcast and we set up the telegram group, it's like, we want to hear what your, what your successes are. There's, there's tons of community online communities out there, right. Especially on telegram that they're just memes all day long. They're just people griping about the latest thing of the day. Right. And, uh, Memes are clever and all that, but, but we, we want to see positive solutions, right? So that was our focus when we went started the podcast was instead of talking about all that stuff. And, instead uh, of
1: endlessly defining the problem, let's talk about the solutions and the process we use to find what we think are solutions.
0: Right. And, stay, and get more people and stay involved positive. in the middle of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And stay positive instead of constantly looking over your shoulder at at whatever conspiracy theory or big bad guy or big bad wolf or whatever else that you think is there, whether whoever it is, right?
1: I mean anybody that's been following me on Twitter has been watching that, you know, I can make a whole salad from my yard. Sure. With the dandelion greens, a few of the herbs that are there, the hen bit, the you know, the chicory, the mm-hmm. the violets and um dead nettle. And yep all that that you can find around, you could make a salad every day out of a decent-sized yard or just walking down the block Mm -hmm. out of your neighbor's yards, right? Right. That is a seeing abundance where everybody else sees a scarcity. Mm -hmm. Everybody else saw weeks of want. It's been called the weeks of want. But we already know the solution to that. The solution was... To go to the woods where the abundance was right and bring it home. So it really wasn't weeks of want. It was weeks of I would prefer this food that I can't have now, right mm. So yeah, that's interesting so
0: instead because of the abundance
1: of... was there, yeah but we are so scarcity mindset focused mm-hmm. with prepping and other stuff that we automatically buy that story. It was the weeks of want, so they went and foraged mushrooms. It was the weeks of want, so they went and got fiddlehead ferns. It was the weeks of want, so they went and checked the asparagus patch every day. It was the weeks of want, so they had to eat squirrel and possum. Right?
0: I'm grinning right here, by the way. This is awesome. Right? Yeah.
1: So, that, that's not weeks of want. Yeah. That's weeks of different work to get the food. Yeah. And we believe it because we are so tied into a scarcity mindset.
0: Interesting. That's great.
1: And that, I think, to me, is one of the biggest differences about thriving. Mm-hmm. Surviving is I want, I want, I want, I need I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Scarcity, 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 scarcity. Sure. Thriving is turning off that voice in your head. Opening your eyes and just seeing what's out there, seeing the dandelions, seeing the violets, seeing that going right. Well, I need to learn to eat this. Mm-hmm. And like this you is said, abundance. It's here. It's provided. Mm-hmm. Things like planting the Egyptian walking onions, right? They came up on their own. They came up earlier. I don't have. I, they were up and working towards ready before I got stuff planted in the garden because it was too early yet, right? Sure. Instead of seeing The problem is a problem. See it as a solution. Look for the abundance and add the abundance upon abundance upon abundance, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like you were said, when you start eating those kind of things, you develop the different enzymes to handle those. You develop the taste for that. The enzymes to break it down so that it is palatable. Yes. Right. And then you'd also develop the taste for them, right? So, you know. A lot of stuff like um, like lamb's quarters are, are somewhat bitter.
1: Right. But that's good. And, and then you find out a secret. I didn't have quite enough lamb's quarter for this, right? So I put in a little dock and I put in a little dandelion mm-hmm. and I put in a little bit of this. Oh, wait a minute. The flavor profile changed because those bitters interact right. the same way salt interacts with meat mm-hmm. and produces this other flavor. Right. And then a good vinegar on top and, you know... You're way past surviving and right. you're really looking around going,
0: was it want or was it mindset? Mm-hmm. Some of the skills that I've done this year, um, we talked about vinegar. That was new. Mm-hmm. Made mead for the first time. That was new. All of this since last fall. We put apples through the apple grinder and as a community them. and we pressed yeah. them out. Um, made a new kind of cider out of that made some uh, apple cider vinegar out of that learn the whole thing around podcasting how you how you do your rss feed and everything else learned wordpress so i can make the website where did you get all this time shouldn't you have been at costco every day <laughs> or watching tv or or interacting on twitter or whatever else yeah well watching the news and then yelling
1: on facebook to you're too tired to do anything but watch another star trek rerun oh yeah
0: so basically what I did was I stopped I deleted Facebook oh a new skill yeah I deleted Facebook I limit my Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, I question whether I really need to post this or that and most of the time I don't because it's not within my circle of influencers control learned some new things about crypto took the Bitcoin mystery school class figured out that we could actually create our own coins
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean that's like mind-blowing I reduced my debt by a significant amount in the last six months by not driving here and there and everywhere. Good. It sounds
1: like the biggest skill you got was gaining control of your attention and your focus. And that's true. And you did that by practicing smaller skills.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, get up a little bit earlier in the morning, um, spend some time in prayer, and then if I have time left, then... uh, On the podcast or the website or editing or do whatever, right? So I carve out little times there where I'm not intruding on my family's expectations of time. And I canceled Netflix. Yeah. Which was good because I was really only watching old timey shows on there anyway, like Star Trek. Might be cheaper to just buy the DVD set. I have most of them on DVD anyway, but, you know, some of them I didn't, but, you know. We'll just have to get
1: you burning those all off and putting them on your Raspberry Pi. (laughs) Yeah. Then then you can fight your
0: attention. Yeah, I built a Raspberry Pi. I figured out how to put in the different cards so that it would have uh, different OSs based on that. Depending on which, because it doesn't run off a hard drive, it all runs off of an SD card or whatever you flash on the EEPROM. I could have multiple OSs here. Yeah, mixing up my own seeds. Got a new Milpa cool mix this year so milpa is a a bunch of seed that's put together and it the it's corn squash and greens okay. and beans yeah. you know basically a legume in there so that um you build soil and then you have different harvested vegetables throughout the entire summer so first greens will come up and then squash and corn will come up depending on when you plant it and there's there's some uh, there's an article over on FreedomFarmer.net that I posted. That basically, if you plant it real early, then you get a green-centric bed. Mm-hmm. If you plant it a little bit later in May, you'll get a squash-centric bed. And then, but it so, still so has here, here, here's a question. corn and beans and everything else. And then it created such a good mulch over the top that when I took that when I went back this spring and turned it over with the broad fork, it was dark and everything. And I did nothing last year except turn over the sod, put the grass side down, and then plant milpa over the top of it and then throw some wood chips on it. And that was it. And then it built that much soil in that year. Preconditioned what was there. Yeah. 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 What what were you going to ask?
1: I'm beginning to wonder about the milpa. Would we be better to have a greens milpa, a corn and squash milpa, mm-hmm. and then like a beets and turnips fall crop one? Yeah. So that we're not necessarily wasting as many squash and corn seeds early sure. in the season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did or... that a little bit this year too. So I focused more on greens and I and I swapped out some of the corn with uh, spring lentils. Mm-hmm. So that bed will be more greens focused. And then um, for the corn-based beds, I use things that won't choke the corn out and then the squash based beds well yeah i've been adapting the the mixes so that they they're a little bit more so they won't like you said plant a bunch of squash and they don't come up because the greens choked them out right
1: i'm not necessarily against it but at some point as seed cost goes up it's a problem Mm -hmm. sometimes i look at seeds that don't germinate as free fertilizer
0: right or they may come back next year, right?
1: So. It either goes into the seed bank or it decays into the soil and feeds other seeds. Because mm-hmm. the seed is a packet that contains all the nutrients to grow a plant or start sure. a plant, right? So, mm-hmm.
0: And and while you're going along and you're harvesting during the year, there's a certain amount of that that is going to get turned over and it's going to come back next year. Whether it's cowpeas or whatever else, right? Cowpo- cowpeas mm-hmm. did really well. so And they did a really great job at building soil and mulch. So... In Buckwheat, yeah, so I did all those.
1: I think, I think that kind of sums things up right. well and explains why we're happy to have the Homestead Journal as a sponsor because mm-hmm. they are focused on teaching the skills
0: and these mindsets as well. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. Check us out on the web on thrivingthefuture.com. Also, come and join our conversation on Twitter at thrivingthefute.com. And on our telegram group, there's a link on the website. This podcast was produced by Scott the Freedom Farmer at freedomfarmer.net. Copyright 2022, thrivingthefuture.com. Join us at The Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter. Are you a Freedom Farmer? Check out freedomfarmer.net, where I focus on skills over stuff and designing an intentional life. That's freedomfarmer.net. If you are interested in starting a podcast and you would like some consultation, how to find your niche, how to grow your audience, how to develop that consistency, contact me at thrivingthefuture at gmail.com.